Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. Hey, welcome to Light Church. Welcome to our virtual gathering. I'm so excited to be spending these few moments together. And I want you to know whoever you are, whatever your story is, wherever you come from, whatever your upbringing is, you are amongst family, that you're welcome here. I think it's so good that we've continued to gather, that we've committed to one another every single Sunday. And I'm just so excited that we can be together this morning, spend this time together. This morning, I want to look at this idea of belonging. I believe that in our lives, we spend a lot of time looking for places or a place where we belong. I mean, this works on levels. It might be on a micro level where we look for a friendship group or a job or, or a scenario where we belong. Or it might be on quite a macro level for you, where in your life you've spent a long time, maybe years, trying to find a place where you belong. In fact, I believe that it's innate in, in humanity to desire to return to a place where we belong, to go to that place where everything feels okay, where everything just feels like it fits. Especially in a time like this, in, in the global landscape of a pandemic, I think that it's so natural for us to, to feel like, how, how do we fit in this place? How, how can everything feel okay when everything's upside down? I think we spend so long looking in our life for places where we belong. Let's jump into a passage this morning, Luke chapter 19. And we're going to look at the story of a man called Zacchaeus. And my heart for you this morning is that message, this message doesn't just puff you up with any knowledge or any context or anything like that, although that stuff's not bad, but it encourages you and inspires you to step into the future that God has for you. Let's look at this, Luke chapter 19. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I want to talk to you this morning from this idea of where I belong, where I belong. On, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the endless opportunity that we have to meet with you. God, I thank you for this space. We give you this time right now. Come and speak. Come move our agendas. Come move our own religious construct out of the way. Come and speak to us in a way that only you can. God, we just declare that nothing other than you can change us. We give you this time. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Come move us. Come change us. We love you. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I wonder in your life if you've ever spent some time uh, trying to get into somewhere, trying to find something. I remember when uh, me and Holly, my wife, were going to visit my sister Becca over in Sydney when she was there for a year. And uh, we, we flew in and uh, we arrived at the airport and we were going to go drive to our accommodation. Now, our accommodation, Holly and me, we'd been looking before we left, obviously, we'd, we'd booked an Airbnb. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, it's kind of people will put their homes or whatever on this website and they can host people and you can stay in, you know, in these different places other than hotels and stuff like that. So we go and, and we get to the place that we're supposed to be and uh, the host will send you an email or send you details of like the address and the code to get in the door and you know where the, the key is and some little house rules and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so it obviously been, you know, flying to Sydney is a long, long journey. We were tired. Uh, we got to the airport back and a friend picked us up, heading to this accommodation. And uh, we pull up to where we think we're supposed to be. And this place looked fancy, like it was nice. And, uh, you know, we get the email up, the host had sent us, we go punch in the door code and, and a little red light comes on and we can't get in. So we think this is strange, this is weird, try calling the host. Uh, we couldn't get through at first. And then someone came and opened the door, who clearly lived in this block, and we managed to like slip in the door, like, oh, the door code mustn't have worked, but we know uh, like the apartment number, we'll just go. So I know we go, we've got this, uh, you know, the code and we start typing in on the inner door and nothing, we can't get in. Start looking around, you know, we've got all of our bags, it's late, we just want to go to where we're supposed to be. We just want to go and go to sleep, put our bags down, we just want to be where we're supposed to be. Anyway, we're looking around everywhere. We're, like, we're asking people, like, is this this or what, what room number is this? And one door was open and we go trying to look everywhere to find this apartment. Anyway, Holly manages to ring the host and uh, she gets on the phone with him and it turned out that he didn't speak a single word of English. And uh, so Holly was speaking in English. The host was speaking in Chinese and, and trying to pass it to someone. And it was just a real messy situation. And Holly was like, we, we, we can't get in. We can't find the key. Nothing's working. And and it just, we just wanted to get to where we were supposed to be. I don't know whether you could ever relate. And uh, anyway, we, we were looking for ages. We were like, we thought, what is going to happen? We're in the middle of Sydney. Like, we can't get into this apartment. And all of a sudden, Holly managed to, to get a, a message or get on the phone. I can't remember how it happened. But basically, the instructions that we'd got given to where the key was, was the funniest description I'd ever come across. The, the guide literally said, walk across the road go up a mini cliff face and the lockbox will be on the fence. We were like, what? Most people put the lockbox near the door or like in a place that is obvious. Anyway, so we were like, okay, we'll follow this. So we go outside, we cross the road. There's like this little verge with, with rocks on it, the cliff face. So we ascend the cliff face. And uh, it sounds cool when I say that. We ascend the cliff face. And at the top of this little, you know, verge, there was like a sports field with a thin uh, like metal fence around it. And hanging on the metal fence by a little padlock was a lockbox. Just literally, you could look all the way down the sports field. There was nothing on this fence apart from the lockbox. Literally, probably 25, 30 meters away from like the actual apartment box. We go in, we get the key, 
We make it through the gates, the door that we hadn't checked. We finally get, the, get into the apartment. It was air conditioned. We like just fell in through the door with all of our bags, sat down on the sofa. Obviously, Holly made a tea. And uh, we were just, it just felt right. We are just in the place that we were supposed to be. You know, we tried all these different ways. It just seemed like however we tried, we just could not get to where we were supposed to be. But finally, we, we just got in that door and we were exactly where we were meant to be. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes this is a little bit of a picture of our lives. In fact, maybe we go through this more often than we quite realize. Maybe you're in this place right now where you've just been trying so many different ways. You've just been trying to get to that place where you feel like you belong. Getting to, to be that person that you know you're meant to be. You've just been trying all these options and nothing just seems to work out. You've just been trying to go through things and you've been experimenting. You've been pushing this and trying that and speaking to them and trying to learn from this and you just can't get to where you're supposed to be. I feel like we experience this a lot more than we probably realize. I believe that there is a desire in humanity to return to the places in which we belong. On a spiritual level, on a physical level, we like to return to places that we know, places that feel okay. Maybe you're in that place right now. You're just desperately searching for a place to belong. You're desperately searching for that place that will just make you feel okay, that will just make you feel normal, make you just feel like everything's all right. It fits you know, Zacchaeus, in this story that we just read, that's exactly where he is. It's exactly where we find him in this story, desperately searching to belong, desperately searching for things to just feel okay. Let's look at this. The context of this passage is really interesting to set it up. My, my heart this morning is I've got a couple observations, a couple of thoughts that I think we can really learn from, things that can really help change us and shift our perspective in our lives. Well, first, let's look at this. It begins and it says, Jesus entered Jericho and he was passing through. Now, Jesus was on a journey. Back in Luke chapter 9 was when this journey began. And in Luke chapter 19, just after this story, Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. So from chapter 9 to chapter 19, Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem. Now, big picture. Jesus is obviously traveling to Jerusalem because of the whole events of the crucifixion and the resurrection. That is what he's traveling to. Now, he's going and he's, he's entering Jericho. He obviously came from Galilee into Samaria, into Jericho, and he was heading into Jerusalem. Now, this is where we find Jesus in this passage. This is the beginning. The context is this big picture of Jesus going to where he was supposed to be. And then we, we learn about this man, Zacchaeus. We learn that he was a chief tax collector, that he was short, that he was a wealthy man. Now, in those times... A little bit about tax collectors here. So tax collectors were people that contracted with the Roman Empire. Now, the Roman Empire would, would essentially sell a franchise to a person that would become a chief tax collector. And the chief tax collector would subcontract these little contracts out to go and collect tax for the Roman Empire. So actually, Zacchaeus was a Jew. Zacchaeus would have been uh, a maybe looked upon as a little bit of a traitor. Maybe he kind of like was just after money. People would have not had a good perception of Zacchaeus. So tax collectors tended to extort people. So they would ask for more money than they actually needed and they would skim off the extra. Now, obviously the, 
the tax collector, the chief tax collector, was accountable to the Roman Empire. So anything that went wrong, they had the opportunity to lose their own license or lose their, their franchise. So it wasn't in their best interest, but it was a real corrupt system. This happened a lot. And so the social setting for Zacchaeus, that he was already on the back foot. He was rejected by his own people. He was a cast out of his own people. He was very, very wealthy. So he would have had a small following of people, people that maybe he trusted or people that was, were, were around him for his wealth. He would have had a, a group of people that maybe worked for him. You know, a wealth, wealthy people often had like protection, a little entourage. So you see this, imagine like, I want to paint a picture for you that Zacchaeus was a, was a very sort of highly regarded person from the Roman Empire, a person of public importance, but socially, he was not seen as much at all. People would have not regarded him highly at all. He would have had a small social setting, small social group. But I want to jump into this. That's a little bit of a picture of where this story goes. But there's three things I really think that jumped out to me about Zacchaeus in this. So he might have been a corrupt and broken person, but I believe he was desperately searching, desperately searching for a place to belong. Let's look at this. First, if you're taking notes, Zacchaeus was desperate. Zacchaeus was desperate. Let's look at this. So it says that Zacchaeus was a short man. Now, Jesus would have been traveling, obviously, from Samaria into, into Jericho. People began to follow him as he traveled. So he would have had like a large group of people following him, and some of them would have gone ahead, and word would have spread real quick that, that this guy is coming. You know, he was doing miracles, and there was a bit of a buzz. But there was something inside of Zacchaeus that just, that just made him. He needed to see who Jesus was. He needed to, and he was a short man, which in those times, it was kind of like, you know, when kids, you know, they think like the bigger muscles equal better and the taller person equals better. And it was kind of like, kind of embarrassing or a little bit undignifying to be short. People would have maybe looked down upon him, mocked him a little bit for being a small man. So he goes and he runs ahead of the crowd. So there's this big crowd coming in. Zacchaeus runs ahead of the crowd and he goes and climbs a tree. Now, the, the sort of rhythm of this passage, the, the way it reads, doesn't, doesn't imply that Zacchaeus was kind of like some crazed fan of Jesus. Like it wasn't, it, they're not writing this in the sense that Jesus was a celebrity and Zacchaeus was desperate to get a selfie with him or desperate to, to, to try and make a good impression on him or something like that. It was, it was something different. It was desperation. Zacchaeus was desperate. It, this passage kind of implies that Zacchaeus was at the end of himself, that he tried everything. He was wealthy. He had this people, these people around him. He had importance. He had this kind of like social status from the Roman Empire. You know, he had money. He had stuff. He would have had the house. He would have had all the possessions. He tried all these things, but something inside of him, just he had to see Jesus. He had to see what this guy was all about. Can you sense the sort of urgency, the desperation coming from this passage that he tried stuff and maybe this Jesus guy will be everything that everyone says that he is. Maybe that'll be the thing. Maybe he will help me find a place where I belong. Maybe he will make things just fit. I mean, why do we think Zacchaeus was desperate? Well, firstly, he ran. He ran ahead of the, the crowd. Now in those times, one, men did not run. Okay, socially, it would imply that the thing they were running to was more important than them. 
So men in those times didn't run. It was undignified for men to run. Secondly, he climbed a tree. Now this would be as weird as like everyone crowding in like a, on a field or something and some grown man going up and sitting at the top of a slide and everyone being like, oh, this guy is kind of weird. Zacchaeus went and climbed a tree. Like a child, children climbed trees. Grown men did not climb trees. More so grown men that were public officials, highly regarded by the Roman Empire, did not climb trees. We see something in Zacchaeus here. This was more than just he wanted to get a glimpse about what was going on. He was short. He couldn't see over the people. He couldn't see what was going on. This was more than him just being nosy. There was a desperation. There was an abandonment of his dignity. There was something in him that had to see Jesus. It says Jesus was coming down the road. And as Zacchaeus had climbed the tree, and it says that when Jesus reached the spot, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm going to eat at your house tonight. I'm going to stay at your house tonight. You know, what I found really interesting about this is that all the while, Zacchaeus was seeking out Jesus. If we look into this passage, Jesus was actually seeking out Zacchaeus the whole time. Now, Jesus was going to Jerusalem. Jesus was heading, it even says in the beginning of this, in verse one, he was passing through Jericho. Okay, he had no desire to stay there. But the Bible being so specific, it got to the spot. He got to the place. Jesus went to the place he knew he needed to be to look up and say to Zacchaeus, I'm staying at your house. In fact, this passage implies that Zacchaeus was part of Jesus's mission in that moment. Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. It didn't say Jesus was walking down the road and saw some crazy dude in a tree and shouted out to him, yo, I'm staying at your house for dinner. That isn't what happened. Jesus stood there on the spot and called out his name. Now, I don't know about you, but this passage encourages me that we serve a God who doesn't just go through things and just leave us to it, but it's so specific, so specific to come chasing after us. Whatever state we find ourselves in, however lost, however broken, however messed up we find ourselves, our God came and he chases us and he comes after us. He pursues us. He's specific in calling our names. Listen to this in Jeremiah 29, 13. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Whilst Zacchaeus was so desperate to find Jesus, Jesus was seeking him. But this challenged me. I wonder how desperate are you to see Jesus? How desperate are you to find him? Is it kind of a bit of a convenience thing where like, oh, it'd be kind of good. I like the idea of Jesus. In fact, I kind of like, I like the way of life, but I'm not so into it. Zacchaeus abandoned his dignity, abandoned his honor. He had to see Jesus. I wonder, does that challenge us this morning? You know, when we live in, in this first world where things are so convenient for us, religion is, is something that is just so common. It's easy. Zacchaeus abandoned everything to get to Jesus. And Jesus went out of his way to go and lift the head of a broken man searching for a place to belong. Zacchaeus was part of Jesus' mission. Can I ask you this morning, are you just searching out for God? Are you looking for him? 
Are you really looking for him? Like that passage says, you will seek me and find me when what? You seek me with all your heart. Not just try and look for me. Not just go on Instagram and, and look for some encouraging message or just read the verse of the day and hope that it's exactly what you needed to hear. When you seek me with all your heart. Zacchaeus was desperate. I wonder, are we desperate to know Jesus? Are we desperate to get to know our creator? Second thought is Zacchaeus was willing. Zacchaeus was willing. He was sat in that tree and Jesus said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to eat your house. Now, it was kind of bad enough for Zacchaeus to kind of dishonor himself, to be so undignified, to run and to climb a tree. But now we see this crazy moment where in front of a whole crowd, Jesus stops and he calls Zacchaeus out in front of everyone. So it's bad enough that he was in this position, but now Jesus has drawn all this attention to him. He called out his name. <laughs> I think this is real interesting. Zacchaeus was so willing. It says in the Bible, listen to this. So he came down at once. He came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Now Zacchaeus could have played this off. He could have been like, yo, I'm not Zacchaeus. Like I'm just a crazy dude in a tree. Um, like Zacchaeus could have just been this guy who was looking, everyone looking at him. He could have just froze and just been like, uh, he wasn't bothered. He was not bothered. He came down at once and he welcomed him gladly in front of everyone. The humiliation of this moment, everyone looking up at this public official sat in a tree. He comes down, he welcomes Jesus in immediately. You know what struck me about this? How many of us seek God? Maybe we're desperate. We're desperate to find God. We, we, you know, we, this is the moment we just, we break and we want to know who Jesus is. We want purpose in our life. And, and we get to that place we've, we've found God and we're in this moment and we want to hear his voice. And then we hear his voice and we don't like what he says. And then we walk around being like, yeah, I just can't hear God at the moment. I'm real struggling. I'm just struggling to, to hear his voice. I'm just struggling to, you know, my faith just seems a little bit dormant right now. Like, you know, like, I, I really want to hear God. I really want to follow him. But like, I'm just feeling like a little bit like God's kind of ignoring me. He's leaving me to it. Is he even there? Is he even speaking to me? When all along, you know exactly what he is saying. You just don't like what he's saying. And my mom used to say to me, my siblings will definitely say this is true, that she would always say, delayed obedience is not obedience. No matter what it was, if it was like, you got to cut the grass or you got to do the dishes or whatever, it was like, yeah, I'll do it later. Nope, delayed obedience is not obedience. I had that drummed into me as a kid. Like I'm sure I've said it to people before. Well, delayed obedience isn't obedience. You know, I hear my mom in my head. But like Zacchaeus came, like immediately, Jesus called him down and he was so willing. He was just like, yes, I'll come. Hey, come into my house. He was just so into it. I wonder what is God asking you to do right now? Maybe there's some things in your life that you know God has asked you to do. Maybe God has, has encouraged you to end that relationship or start that business or stop being around those people, or stop being involved in that behavior, or stop getting involved in this habit or this, this way of thinking. Maybe God's been challenging you on something for a long time. You know exactly what it is, but you go around saying, God, I can't hear you, when all the while he's just waiting for you to be obedient. What is it that you need to be obedient before God today? What is it that he's asked you to do? 
You know, I believe that whoever you are, whether you know Jesus right now or not, I believe that God speaks to us all the time. He speaks to us through nature. He speaks to us through films and and books. And he speaks to us through those around us. And he speaks to us in his Bible. This is so full of things to live our life by. This is a way to get to know God. He's speaking to us all the time. And so often we just choose not to listen because we don't like what it says. What is it that we need to be obedient with? Today, listen to this, James 1, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers, deceiving yourselves. It goes on to say, it's like looking in a mirror and then walking away and completely forgetting what you look like. Like, don't just hear the word, don't just hear God's voice and then just walk away completely and ignore it. Be people that hear what God says and be people that do it straight away. What is it? that God is asking you to do. Zacchaeus was willing. Now he was humiliated. It was, this was so undignified for him, but he was willing to do whatever Jesus asked him. Zacchaeus was desperate. Zacchaeus was willing. Finally, Zacchaeus was changed. Zacchaeus was changed. So we, we see this, we pick up in this passage, Zacchaeus comes down from the tree which I just think would be a funny moment, like the crowd stopped. They listened to Jesus call him down from a tree and then Zacchaeus has to do that awkward thing where like he's scratching down the tree, like looking how he's gonna get down. Everyone's watching him. This awkward moment, Jesus and his boys are stood there waiting for him. Everyone is watching Zacchaeus dismount from this sycamore tree. Like the pressure, he's like gotta stick the landing. And he welcomes Jesus into his home. And listen to this. The crowd began to murmur and say, as if Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner. As if Jesus has gone to spend time with that guy. And then Zacchaeus stands up. And the very presence of Jesus in this moment is not recorded that Jesus said a single word to him. That anyone pulled him up on anything. Zacchaeus stood up. He was so convicted in the moment. He stood up and he says, look, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor half of my riches to the poor and anyone that I have ripped off, anyone that I have like done dodgy deals with and extorted, I am going to give them back. I'm going to pay them back four times what I stole from them. Like Zacchaeus immediately responds. This was not like he had to like toil over this and think about like, ah, am I going to be able to afford it? Is it something I'm going to be able to do? What are people going to think of me? No, he doesn't even go through those things. It literally says he stood up and he said, I give half my stuff to the poor and anyone I've ripped off, I'll pay him off, pay him back four times the amount. This was an immediate response in Zacchaeus. No one said anything to him. The presence of Jesus convicted him. And he responded immediately. So Zacchaeus gives half his stuff to the poor and he repays four times. I was thinking, why four times? Is this something they had to do in that culture? And I looked into it and in Mosaic law, in, in like the Torah, it would say that if anyone stole, they had to pay back exactly what they stole. But then they had to either pay a 25% interest. Sometimes it was double interest. Sometimes maybe it was three times. Zacchaeus gives four. Now there's so many people who just say, it's just a demonstration of how exuberantly generous he was feeling. Just how he just had to, he had to express like, this is nothing to me. And he, he was just kind of overpaying like over and above. But also in the Bible, certain numbers mean different things. And, and in the Bible, throughout the Bible, the number four is often used to signify new creation or creation. I'm like, 
in this passage, we see Zacchaeus pay back four times. And it's a little bit of a hint here. I'm not saying this is exactly what it was meant. And this is exactly how we need to read it. But there's a, there's a taste in this. There's a theme in this that there was something new happening, that there was a shift, that there was a new creation forming here. See, this is beyond generosity here. I want to even suggest this maybe even wasn't generosity. This was Zacchaeus. He couldn't get rid of it quick enough. He was a wealthy man. He had all this stuff. He had all these possessions. He could not give it away quick enough. I'll give half my stuff to the poor. That's how wealthy he was. And anyone I've ripped off, I'll pay back four times the amount. It's just this exuberance. He cannot just get this away from me. Why? Because there's something shifted in Zacchaeus. Something had shifted no longer. Was he going to try to find this place that he belonged in possessions or in money? No longer was he going to try and put it in stuff. Something had shifted now. His salvation was not coming from stuff, from possessions. It was coming from Jesus. He had everything he needed, sat right next to him at that table. Something shifted in Zacchaeus. He could not get rid of that stuff quick enough. This stuff is nothing to me. I've tried it and it just leaves me hollow. I remember the actor Jim Carrey saying, I wish everybody could just be rich and famous so they could realize that that's just not it. That it's just not it. Zacchaeus had desperately tried. He'd, he'd tried the fame stuff. He'd, he tried the, the reputation. He tried the money, the possessions, the house, the stuff, and it just wasn't enough. It was not it. And he gives it all away. Jesus affirms this change here. And then he says, salvation has come to this house. Salvation has come to this house. Maybe in your life right now, you can just think of those, some of those things that you've maybe tried to get your fulfillment from. Maybe the thing that you think this will save me if, if people know who I am, if, if I have this much money or if, if I have this family that looks like this or I drive this car or I hang around with these people or I sleep with that person or I, or I date that person or this person's on my social media and all this sort of stuff. And Maybe you've put your, your salvation, you've put your hope in something other than Jesus. We see this crazy heart change in Zacchaeus from stuff to Jesus. Maybe we need to make that change this morning. Maybe on some levels, maybe there's some things in our life that we're like, yeah, Jesus, I'm all for you. I want to follow you. I want to live in that life of purpose and freedom. But I need to just, I need some validation from people. I need, to, I need people to like me in this way. Like we do this on varying degrees in our life. John 8, 12 says this, I am the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In this moment, Zacchaeus understood that he could become the person that felt right. The thing that just clicked inside of him. The place that he belonged was not in stuff, was not in the, the validation of other people, but it was found in Jesus. All that stuff was nothing to him. Only Jesus. Maybe we've got some stuff that we need to change in our life. I mean, those three, three attributes of Zacchaeus, the fact that he was desperate, the fact that he was, a, he was willing, and the fact that he was changed. I wonder if any of those have kind of maybe just touched you this morning and made you feel like, you know, I, I can't live like this anymore. There's something inside of you that desperately just wants to be returned to where you belong. 
See, in this passage, Zacchaeus had everything, everything he ever wanted. He had the money, he had the stuff. And then upon his transformation, Zacchaeus, the broken, messed up, desperate sinner. Zacchaeus, this guy, this public official, this humiliated, undignified, messed up sinner, finds exactly where he belongs. Something clicks inside of him. He finally becomes who he was meant to be. And then Jesus does this something real special here. Jesus publicly affirms him and doesn't just restore him to God, doesn't just say salvation has come here today. Salvation has visited this house. He restores him to his peers, to one another. Listen to this, he says, for this man too is a son of Abraham. So Zacchaeus was like an outcast. He was a Jew, but he was socially outcast. We learned this at the beginning. And then Jesus, he takes Zacchaeus in front of people and says, this man is a son of Abraham. In other words, this man is one of you. You are all one. In front of people, he'd been restored back to God. And then Jesus publicly affirms him and says, here you are restored back into people, back into your people. I think this is amazing. God wants to do that in your life. He wants to not just restore you in him, but he wants to restore you with people. You know, we're living in a time of, of social isolation. So many people are just, are just finding themselves lonely and isolated. And God wants to put you around people. That is why the church is so important. You know, I don't encourage you to, to, to watch these gatherings because we want numbers and any of that stuff. That's not what this is about. This is, this is God breathed. God designed the church because we were meant to live in community with people. But can I just suggest there's a bigger story going on here. There's just something big. I've only got a few moments left, but there's a bigger story going on here. Let's just look at this. I told you Jesus was on a journey. And let me just go a couple chapters back into 17. Along this journey that, that Jesus went on, he encountered different types of people. So in, in chapter 17, he comes across a group of lepers. So people that were cast out, that lived outside the city, that weren't allowed to go near anyone. They were looked down upon. They were the lowest of the low. They had this skin condition. They weren't allowed near, they weren't allowed near anyone. So in, 17, in chapter 17, Jesus comes across the lepers. In chapter 18, he comes across a widow. In chapter 19, oh no, and still in 18, he comes across another tax collector. And then in chapter 18, at the end, he comes across some children. Now, let me just quickly go through this. Just before we get to the story of Zacchaeus, there's this little, this little story about a beggar, a blind beggar who is desperately chasing after Jesus because he wants to be healed. This is part of these, this chain of people that we see. And then we get to Zacchaeus. Now let's just look at this for a second. The last line of this passage of chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Who are the lost? People who have wandered from the place that they belong. Who are the lost? People who aren't where they're supposed to be. Aren't where they want to be. Where they're meant to be. Now, I think there's a bigger picture going on here. I think Zacchaeus is actually the culmination of Jesus' mission. 
I think there's just one big arrow to the, to the reason Jesus came here. Let's look at this. Uh, like Zacchaeus has parallels to every single one of those people groups that we just talked about. Let's look at this. In chapter 17, where Jesus sees the lepers, like Zacchaeus was a social leper. He was cast out. He was marginalized by the very people that he belonged to. These lepers, nine of them were Jewish and one of them was a Samaritan. And the Samaritan was, was still left outcast at the end, but the other nine went back to where they belonged. The widow in chapter 18, Jesus says to her that she is the daughter of Abraham. In front of all these people, when Jesus should not have been talking to a lady, never mind laying his hands on him or speaking to her. In front of all these people, he gives her this agency. He gives her this respect. He gives her dignity, honors her. He makes her stand up in front of people and says, you are a daughter of Abraham. In other words, you are part of these people. They may have, may have cast you out, but I restore you back into it. Zacchaeus, what do we see in exactly the same way? He is called a son of Abraham. He is restored back into his people. Then we see a tax collector who is obviously wealthy and Zacchaeus was a tax collector. We just see this journey heading up Zacchaeus. Then we see the children in chapter 18. Jesus is there, all his disciples around him. Load of children come to run up to see Jesus and, and the crowd and the disciples pull the children back and, and say, give him some respect. The children should not come. And, and then Jesus gets a bit mad and he says, hey, it's for the kingdom of God belongs to these. In fact, we should all be more like children. And then what happens with Zacchaeus? He runs, he's undignified. He climbs a tree like what? A child. Zacchaeus was a child and Jesus gave him this sort of affirmation in front of people. When he was sat in a tree, when he was in a place that was so childlike and undignifying, Jesus gave him agency. And then we see this blind beggar who was so desperate, he was chasing Jesus. The crowd were pushing him back saying, just leave him alone. And then Jesus stops and says, what do you want? And the guy says, I wanna see and then we get to Zacchaeus and what does he say? He was a short man, but he wanted to see. He was so desperate. He wanted to see Jesus. And then at the end of this passage, it says, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. You know what I think this tells us? You know what I think this big picture is? Jesus is just about to enter Jerusalem. He's about to go enter into this, this time where he is going to go to the cross and ultimately die on a cross for you and for me, lie in a grave and then come out of that grave three days later. He's about to go through all that. And just at the end of this time, before he enters Jerusalem, he says, the Son of Man came, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. You know what this is saying? That who are the lost? Look at this, it is everyone, the rich, the poor, the sick, the healthy, any gender, race, age, lifestyle. How many times did people call him a guest of? I can't believe he's gone to be a guest of them. You know, and we often define them as well. Like how can they have grace? How can Jesus hang around with them? But the problem is them changed every time. Well, we could put any of these in. How could, how could Jesus be a guest of the lepers? How could Jesus be a guest of that widow? How could Jesus be a guest of a tax collector or children? How could he be a guest of a sinner? 
No, this shows us Jesus came to seek and save the lost and not one of us is exempt from that. Every single one of us needs Jesus. There is no life found anywhere in this world outside of Jesus. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what social standing you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have. We are all broken and in desperate need of a savior. And he came out of his way to lift the head of a broken, desperate man. This story is not like a chance meeting of some weird guy who wants to meet Jesus. It is the story of a savior who went out of his way to go restore the broken. And that's exactly what the culmination of this passage is. He came to restore you. Jesus came down from this perfect place of heaven Seated beside the Father, he came down and wore the very thing that he created. He wore flesh and blood and walked in time on this earth to lift the head of the broken, to restore the hurting, to bring hope back into a world that's so broken and dark, to restore us back to the Father. That was what Jesus came to do. That is what this passage is. Jesus went out of his way to lift the head of a broken man. Listen to this, a very famous passage, John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that what? Whoever, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Brokenness does not discriminate against anyone. We are all broken and in need of a savior. And his name is Jesus. Maybe you have listened to this this morning and you just want to follow this Jesus, the one who has a plan for your life, the one who can give you freedom, who can restore you back to that place where you belong. Just like Zacchaeus, you could stand there right now and say, I finally found the place where I belong. If that's you and, and you just want to respond to this message and say, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know this Savior that you talk about. The one that will go out of his way to lift the head of the broken. Oh, I'm broken and I need a Savior. If that's you and you want to accept the grace of our God, just say a simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my brokenness. I give you my mess. Jesus, I give you my life. Maybe you're listening to this message this morning and you just think, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I've been following, but maybe I've just lost my urgency. Maybe I've just lost my desperation to find God, to, to live in the, in the purpose and the will he has for my life. Maybe this morning, it's just a moment for you to say that very same prayer, Jesus, I give you my life again. I surrender it all back to you. Just bring me back to that place where I finally belong. I believe that today could change your life forever. You pray that simple prayer. Your future will never be the same. Father God, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you that this story is, is just not a story about just this weird meeting of this guy in a tree and, and this crowd. And God, I thank you that it's such an intentional story that you show that you will go out of your way to lift the head of us that are broken, us that are messed up and sinful. God, I thank you for your unrelenting grace and your unrelenting love. God, right now, for every single person that prayed that simple prayer, I pray that you would flood their life right now with purpose. Flood their life right now with your grace. 
God, I want to pray right now that they would just know you in such a deep way right now. God, I want to pray for every single person that maybe recommitted or, or gave their life back over. For those of us who maybe haven't been so urgent in just obeying what you've asked us to do, God, I pray right now that as we pray that simple prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my agenda. I give you all my stuff. I give you my plans, my future. God, I pray right now that we would leave this morning different. We don't want to stay the same. God, I pray that we can come back to that place where we belong. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're so, uh, we're so excited for you. We want to champion with you. We want to celebrate with you. And uh, Dan and Grace are going to jump on in a few moments and just explain a few next steps. And please get in touch. You know, it might be quite daunting to send an email or to, you know, to get in touch with us. But we really just want to help you take these next steps in your faith, in your relationship with Jesus. Hey, I've uh, loved spending these few moments together. I think it's so encouraging. And uh, we, we hope you're well. We're praying for you. We hope that you're safe in this time. And if you need anything, you can get in touch. And we love you. And uh, we're just so excited for all that God is doing in our church and in our lives. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>